welcome to an ex- another exciting episode of Mindset to Mastery, the podcast. I am your host, Keisha A. Rivers, Chief Outcome Facilitator and President of the CARS Group, where we facilitate outcomes through strategic planning, talent development, and applied learning. And today's episode, we are going to talk about creating a leadership culture. And the reason I decided to um, actually talk about this particular topic is because Leadership development is perhaps the number one request that I receive for training and professional development services um, when it comes to organizations. And so often, organizations want me to come in and work with their managers or their supervisors um, and, and give them the skills and the tools that are necessary in order to be, as they see it, good leaders. But what does that really mean? Usually when organizations talk about leadership development or leadership skills or people say that they need to develop their leadership skills, they're talking about management, um, where you're managing processes and you're managing tasks and it's about productivity. Um, They want to talk more about decision making and um, resource allocation and talent allocation in terms of matching up what people are required to do or what's necessary to be done with the the people who would best fit that role. But really, when you look at leadership, leadership goes further than that. Yes, it involves understanding productivity, understanding the process, making good sound uh, research-based and and data-driven decisions about your organization and about the tasks that need to be undertaken. But it's also about culture. It's about the customs, the art, if you will, the social institution, the attitudes, the behaviors that create this culture of leadership. And so for today's episode, I want to talk to you a bit about what it means to create a leadership culture and how your organization or your team or your department or division can actually take the necessary steps to start moving in that direction. Um, One thing I want to point out with this is that leadership is not something that is solely based on position. You need to understand that everyone within your team, everyone within your organization has to think of themselves as a leader. They have to think of themselves as having the responsibility to make decisions. They have to think of themselves as being a part of this overall team that has a, a purpose and an outcome that you're trying to achieve. And so understanding that, when you're looking at creating a leadership culture, you're looking at creating a culture and and an organization that that goes beyond the individual people that are in it. Um, That means that your success or your failure does not solely hinge on one person. That means that when you look at what it is that you want to do and what it is that you want to achieve that everyone within the organization is able to chip in. It, it means that as people progress and as they go through the ins and outs of, of their daily um, you know, to-dos, that they understand what the big picture is and how they fit into that picture. So I wanna give you a, a snapshot or a little vignette. I love telling stories when we, when we do this. And I want you to think about the teams that you work in within your organization. And how many times have you seen this scenario? You walk into a team meeting, 
um, or, or into a division meeting. And there's one person at the head, standing at the head of the room, um, the front of the room, with a PowerPoint presentation, or they're the ones that have handed out the agenda. And as you go through the meeting, they're the ones that provide all the information. They will say, this is what we're doing. They will say, this is how it needs to be done. They may assign different people to different tasks or subdivide you into different groups, but by and large, everything comes from that one person. The, the, the energy in the room, the approach to the problem, the, um, the outline of the task, the deciding who's gonna be in charge of what, all of that comes from that one person. Now, I know if you think about it, you've all had people who were great leaders. They motivated you, they, they were very clear in what you were supposed to do, they communicated effectively, they got you to feel like you were a part of something and not just someone that was fulfilling some minor role. They made you feel important, they made you feel valued, and they, they really identified what you were good at, where you were good at, and they placed you accordingly. Now, on the flip side, I know that we've all ran into situations where you've had someone who is the leader and they were not very good. They didn't communicate effectively, they weren't present, they weren't visible, they didn't let you know what you were doing well, what you weren't doing well, they didn't position you to, um, to put you in situations that would enable you to thrive or to be successful, and they were really difficult to work for and to work with. And everybody looks at it and says, oh my gosh, this particular project would be so much better if someone else was leading it. Or this project was great because someone else was leading it. And so a lot of times we tend to determine our level of enthusiasm, our commitment, our accountability, all of that, our attitudes, all of that is usually dependent upon who we see as being the leader in a particular team setting or a project or a group. But what I want you to do is I want you to start rethinking this a little bit. And instead of imagining that there was this one person that could determine the success or the failure or your enthusiasm or your willingness to go the extra mile, instead of it being that one person that had all of that power, imagine if it was spread out among the group. Imagine if the people on your team felt equally important. Imagine if the people on your team or in your division or in your department felt that their voices were heard and that they could be able to offer a suggestion or another way of thinking or another way of doing that was going to be accepted, that was going to be considered realistically and that was going to be looked at as, you know what, how can we make this work or how can we make this fit and does this work or does this fit based on the merits of it, not based on who was the person that brought the idea in or the based on someone's ego saying that they didn't want anybody else's opinions other than their own. So imagine if you were working in that type of environment where you felt as if you were a valued member of the team, if your suggestions were honored and, con and considered, if you felt that everyone that you worked with was equally accountable and equally in. So imagine how that would change your attitude and change your approach. Imagine how much more productive would you be? 
how much more in tune and invested would you be? How much more dedicated would you be and committed you would be to solving this issue and creating a new solution? Well, when you're looking at creating a culture of leadership, you're looking at creating a culture where everyone feels valued, where everyone feels involved, where everyone is held accountable. So it doesn't all rest with just one person. You may have people in different positions that have different responsibilities, but regardless of that, everyone leads. It's not just left up to the chosen few. Each person recognizes what needs to be done, the problem that needs to be solved, the solution that needs to be created, and they understand the direction that needs to be taken. And so they will look into their vault of gifts and talents and abilities and resources, and they'll come at it from thinking about it from a different perspective and saying, here, let me bring this to the team. So if everyone leads, then everybody is, is participating in a shared vision. So the second component is that the vision is shared, it's understood, it's embraced. It's a collective vision that everyone embraces and understands and gets behind and they've bought into it. So the action that's being taken, even though individual people are taking different actions, that action now becomes collective because it all leads to the specific outcome that you're trying to reach. So many times, teams end up failing and organizations by default end up failing because they don't have a shared vision. It's not communicated effectively, it's not understood completely, and it's not embraced wholeheartedly. So if you are working on a team or you're working in a division or you're working for an organization and you don't understand what the vision is, you don't understand where you're trying to get to, you don't understand what it is that you're trying to accomplish, then what happens is you end up taking actions that aren't necessarily in alignment with where your, what your ultimate goal is. So if everybody's leading, but everybody's leading in the same direction because everybody understands the shared vision, now you are setting yourself up for success. Now you are cultivating a leadership mentality and a, neat, and a leadership approach where everybody understands this is where we're trying to get to. Part of the reason why people love working for technology organizations and technology startups is because they all feel as if they're a part of something bigger than themselves. They understand what the vision is. They understand that they're creating something that's going to change lives. They understand that they are all together trying to create something and cultivate something and be innovative. And they're all seen and, and, and told that they are valuable, that they matter, that what it is that they do on a day in and day out basis contributes not just to the bottom line of profitability, but to the success of the organization. So part of, you know, aside from, you know, having the, the, the workout rooms and, and the free food and, you know, and dress down any, and, and come to, to work any way that you want, Aside from the perks of having a much more relaxed work, workplace, the reason why technology startups and technology companies as a whole are seen as more successful is because everybody understands the vision. Everybody understands their purpose and they feel as if they are wholeheartedly a part of that. Nobody feels as if they are expendable. 
And when you have people who feel as if they are expendable, then they do not feel as if they are part of something that's bigger than themselves. So your third point that I want you to think about in creating this culture of leadership is that when everybody understands the vision, everybody embraces it, and they see the collective, uh, the collective importance of what they do individually and how that contributes to the overall direction of the organization, and they feel a sense of responsibility for that, the next component is that accountability is not just expected, but it is valued. That's accountability to each other, that's accountability to yourself, that's accountability to the overall vision and the direction. You cannot have accountability through punitive measures. You cannot have accountability where you are forcing someone to do something because if they don't, then they'll face some type of punishment. That really doesn't work. And when you develop a culture of leadership within your organization and within your teams, people start stepping up. They start wanting to do more. They start wanting to contribute more. They start wanting and feeling like they need to go above and beyond without having to be asked to go above and beyond. And the main reason they do that is because they understand that it's not solely about them, but it does involve them. And let me say that again. People who are readily accountable and who value and who treasure and who live up to higher standards of accountability understand that the whole, that the, the wider vision and the bigger picture of what they're trying to achieve is not about them, but it does involve them. And when you have that balance, when you're working with organizations where people understand that, yes, I am a valued member of this team. Yes, I contribute. Yes, my gifts and my talents and my abilities and my ways of thinking and my background and, and all of these different components of, of that make me who I am are integral to our overall success. They tend to hold themselves to a higher standard. They hold each other to a higher standard and they hold the organization to a higher standard. So when you're talking about creating a leadership culture and you're, you're talking about developing leaders across the board, then what you're looking at is you're looking at shifting the dynamic of what we really understand leadership to be. It's not just about who can give orders and it's not just about who can be held accountable, who can be responsible for certain things. It's about understanding that the whole is much, much bigger than the individual, but that the individual is an integral part of the whole. And it's this circle that goes around and around and it's interdependent. And it is also something that is connective and collaborative and it opens the doors for innovation and creativity and for creating a sense of being and doing that is much bigger than what you may have imagined initially. I've worked with organizations where there have been a massive shakeup in management and ownership and, and leadership and people who are left in, you know, to pick up the pieces sometimes feel as if they're adrift. They don't know where they belong. They don't know what to do because they're waiting for someone else who's going to be the new quote unquote leader, either the CEO or the manager or supervisor or whomever, whomever. 
they're waiting for them to tell, you know, to, to, elicit, to, to give them the direction. But I have also worked with organizations where you have had massive shakeup in the leader at the top with the CEO or the supervisor or ownership. And if the vision of the organization is communicated in such a way that it is an alignment or a, a continuation or even an expansion of what's been done before, or even if it's drastically different, it's communicated in such a way where input from a variety of different sources is not only solicited, but it is valued and it is considered and it is integrated into what's being done. Now you have people who are fully on board. Now you have people who don't just look at this as a top-down endeavor. They look at, at this as a collaborative endeavor. And so creating a culture of leadership means that regardless of what position you hold, if you are a, an, in the C-suite, executive suite, if you're mid-level management, if you are part of the workers, quote unquote, whatever level you're on based on the position that you hold in the organization, what that means is that in a leadership culture, everyone is given the autonomy and are held accountable for acting in ways that further the cause of the organization and that help to fulfill and move the vision forward. A great case in point of that is when you look at the Ritz-Carlton. In the Ritz-Carlton organization, every single member of their team is empowered to be able to make decisions that is going to fulfill and move forward the number one purpose of that company, and that is to deliver world-class service. So everyone, even down to the housekeeping staff or the valet, if they see that there's an issue in front of them where a, where a client has the potential to walk away with a less than favorable um, opinion of the organization that is gonna be less than their world-class standard, that individual person is empowered to make a decision without having to go back and check with somebody else, but they are empowered to make a decision that is going to help the situation. So for example, I had a, a, a great opportunity to, to listen to the director of catering services um, from, the, from the Rich Carlton. And as he talked, he talked about situations where there was someone in the housekeeping staff who um, there was a, um, a, ch um, a, a child who had lost a toy um, or something and the child was, I mean, crying and, and having major issues and it was causing some of the other guests on the floor to, to really not have a great experience because of course, if it's in the middle of the night, who wants you know, a crying child keeping you up? And so this person found out what the problem was. They had um, in their department, they were allocated a certain amount of money to be able to solve a problem. They went, took the money, went down, bought a replica toy from the gift shop, brought it back to the room, and gave it to the child, which quieted them down. Now, imagine if that person was not empowered with that. They weren't able to think creatively. They weren't able to think and act on it. Instead, they could see the problem, they could empathize with the problem, but then they had to go to a manager or to someone else to be able to ask for permission to say this is what we think we should do. But giving each person in that organization not only the autonomy 
to be able to think about how to solve a problem, but also empowering them with the ability to move forward in carrying out the steps is key. Because if you don't give people the authority and the autonomy to be able to carry out decisions, then you really can't hold them accountable for when things aren't done a certain way. So you need to understand that creating a culture of leadership where everybody leads and everybody is encouraged to think outside the box and to address problems and to create solutions and to be creative and innovative and that the vision is shared and it's understood and it's, and it's embraced collectively so that every action individually is going to lead to the overall success of the organization. And then you have the accountability, which is valued to each other, to the vision, to the customers or the clients that you're serving, and then giving people the autonomy and the authority to act are all key components. So I want you to think about your own teams. I want you to think about your own organizations. Are you really cultivating a, 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 cult of, a, a culture of leadership? Or are you perpetuating the status quo where certain people have all of the authority and certain people are seen as leaders and then the other people just follow suit? Are you encouraging people to give input and to provide input and insight based on their experiences and based on the view that they have of the organization from their position? Because I can guarantee you in the example I gave with the Rich Carlton, the people who worked directly with clients from valets and housekeeping services and front desk services and catering and restaurants and all, they have a vastly different view of the experience for the customer, for the client, than someone who works in middle management or someone who works in the C-suite. So you have to understand that each person in your organization needs to see themselves as a leader. They need to see themselves as responsible for the outcomes. They need to see themselves as an active participant and a valued member of this team and creating experiences for their clients that are going to lead to success, that are going to align with the vision and align with the outcomes that you have created and developed. You cannot create a culture of leadership if there is no communication. You cannot create a culture of leadership where people do not feel as if they are included and if they belong. You cannot create a culture of leadership where people feel as if their words do not matter. You cannot create a culture of leadership where everyone's viewpoint and everyone's perspective is not taken into consideration. A true culture of leadership is, is dependent upon and thrives upon every single person feeling that they are included and it also thrives and depends on having a multitude of diverse perspectives and experiences and backgrounds. Everyone has to see that they are a leader and that they are a valued member of the organization and the team, but they have to understand that their value has to be in alignment with the vision of the organization and the direction of the organization. You can't have it both ways. You can't separate people into silos. You can't diminish people's contributions. You can't silence people's voices and then expect them to give their all to your organization or to your team. Everyone needs 
to feel valued. Everyone needs to understand what it means to lead. So what does this look like in your organization? If you've done an assessment and you're thinking back and you're saying, you know what? People really don't feel as if they can lead. We don't really encourage people to make decisions or to bring their ideas to us. How do you change that? How about having um, opportunities for people to contribute? And even if it has to be anonymous at first because people don't wanna speak up within a group, but creating a culture where input is valued and appreciated, creating a culture of true communication. Then going through and setting that up by providing different learning opportunities for people to shadow each other, for people to shadow other people, for people to see it in action. If you don't see it, then it's hard for you to, to embrace it and to understand that this is something that can work within you. So your current leaders, your current uh, um, managers, your current supervisors, people who may not have a title as a leader, but who operate in that, in that vein because they have influence, those people need to be more visible. Those people need to be recognized. You need to model a culture of good leadership. And if you don't understand what a culture of good leadership looks like, start studying best practices. Look at organizations like the Rich Carlton. Look at organizations and, and, and listen to people like John Maxwell and other people who have been identified as, as leadership experts and influencers. You need to find a model of leadership that works for your organization, that is in alignment with the direction that you're going and with the vision and the outcomes that you wanna see happen. You need to bring people in that are going to help you strategically put together a plan of action that's going to lead you in the right direction to be able to put things in place that can be sustained and successful. So why do I say this? You can't necessarily solve a problem with the same mindset that created it. So there are times when you need to bring somebody else in from the outside to take a hard look at your organization and to look at how you can actually move this forward. But to begin that process, you have to be open to understanding that things are not working the way that they should and the way that they could. You'll hear me talk about a lot when it comes to facilitated outcomes, where we assist you in identifying your vision of success and then identifying the actions that need to be taken and developing your people so that they can not only achieve it, but they can sustain it. So with all of that being said, that means that there are times when it's best for you to bring someone else in. And even if it's someone, a trusted colleague from another di division or a department or someone from another company or a consultant that you wanna bring in. But you have to be open to the process. You have to take a really honest, hard look at what's working and what's not, and then figure out who you need to bring in that's gonna be a valued resource. One of the things that I do with this particular podcast every week is I focus on changing your mindset so that you can master your success. And changing your mindset has a lot to do with just changing the way that you're thinking about certain things. The things that you thought were givens may not necessarily be givens anymore based on the direction of your organization and the people that you have working with you. So don't be afraid to change. 
And don't be afraid to listen to other podcasts or do other readings or even enroll in some courses and in, 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 in training sessions or bring other people in like myself that can do strategy sessions with your team and set up best practices that will work with your talent as well as with the issues that you're addressing in your company and in your organization. So I thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. If you are um, in a position of authority within your organization, feel free to reach out. Um, you can find me um, at carsgroup.com. That's K-A-R-S group.com. Um, find out past episodes of the podcast as well as find out more about the organization and what it is that we do. You can also find us on LinkedIn, find out more about us. Send us a message and let us know how we can be of assistance to you. Our Cars Academy is an online uh, virtual platform where we work with organizations to be able to sustain um, learning and, de and development and growth throughout the organization. And we would love to customize an approach that would work for you. Um, you can listen to this podcast every week. There's a new episode that comes out on Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern that you can find here on the website at carsgroup.com. We are also syndicated on milehighradio.com. That's milehiradio.com. And we're found on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play Podcasts, and, and a whole lot of other um, areas. But thank you so much for listening. We hope, I hope that this has been beneficial to you in helping you to move forward with your organization. And as always, change your mindset and master your success. Make it a great one.